This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Don't care what you have to do, but just take a bloody step. Any step, like anything is like right now, all you're doing is just sitting there, crying, is like you can't do this, and just feeling sorry for yourself. And you're doing nothing. It's like take a freaking step. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Rodney Pedrosa, and he is one of my most favorite people who I've met through the Subrise education community. Rodney is from Colombia originally, but he's been living in the UK for many years, and he went from the social services industry as his job to full-time photographer. He shares his entire journey with you during this episode. So Rodney also talks just a little bit about how learning to value himself and his craft, as well as improving his work, really helped him to grow his business to where it's at today. Rodney's energy and positivity is just amazing, and I love that I get to introduce him to all of you out there listening. Okay, let's get started. Hi, Rodney. How are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you on. You're like you're like my my buddy, and I miss you. I, we haven't seen each other in a couple years, and it's. I, uh, I was yeah. so looking forward to the next uh, portrait master, and it's like it was have to be live, but I will be there in the next time the doors are open. I oh, yeah. need that energy. I miss it in my life. I hope so. You're such a good energy, and you know, and one of the reasons I okay, so I'll I'll be completely honest. I don't know a whole lot about where you're at right now with your business, so I'm excited to hear how things have been going lately. Um, because I just I feel like I've just been so out of touch when you don't get to see each other every year and catch up, and I don't know. Yes, just, I feel a little out of touch with you, so I'm excited to hear how things have been going. You know, for those ones who have never been to the Portrait Masters, the best thing I love about it is not only just the people that go to there, but in the evenings when we all are chilling. That yes. is one of the best things. And then you get to speak to people like, ah, uh, uh, yes, it's amazing. Yeah, well, like we get to know each other on a, on a more personal level as opposed to just like, you know, online and talking about photography and that sort of thing. And because we originally met at one of Sue's workshop where yes. we were in... 
Paris? That was France. Pa- France yes, that yeah. was in Versailles. Yes, I think it Versailles, was. Versailles, yeah. Versailles. Ah, that was such a ah, that's such a beautiful memory lane. Still remember that. Yeah, that was. I was pregnant. I was pregnant with Van, so that was like five years ago. No Almost way. Six years ago, yeah, because Van will be five tomorrow on June eighteenth. Holy so, Moses! Yeah, wow. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, it's Damn. pretty wild. <laughs> He's five now. Yeah, that's even more crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Rodney, for our listeners, I'm wondering if you can take us back to how you started in photography, and just like where you started. Okay, so my journey. So I was just gonna take you down memory lane. So my journey started way before my journey in photography started. So. I came to the UK from Colombia when I was 17. I only have two bags, one bicycle, couldn't speak the language at the time. So I spent two years working on it. And then my biggest tools came from this experience in my life. To be honest, at the time, actually, when I came to the UK, all I wanted was my mommy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. around yeah. actually, uh, around 20, when I was 20, I got myself into an apprenticeship. And a year later, I started working in social housing in central London. And I worked, and I worked my way in a role and I became really good at it. So I, became, I went from being uh, like an apprentice to a manager. So I Loved the job. It was great. It helped me a lot. And yes, they were amazing to me. And around the time I was thinking when I was about to finish my university degree, I was 28. I came across with my first DSLR. So that was like nearly a decade ago when I was like, hold on a minute. What is this big camera? Because I used to have like a crappy camera. Right. Okay. So you have only had a DSLR for 10 years. And I feel like you've, for some reason, I thought you've been at this a a lot longer than that. No, no, no. But you know, actually that was like 10 years ago, but I will tell you that really, 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 because I got obsessed. Like I saw, no, I didn't even bought a camera at the time because I didn't have the money because I I saw the prices and they were like, they're too expensive. And at the time I was working on social housing and I will tell you that story. It's like, how do I got the money to buy my first camera. So there was this old lady that came to me and she was moving back to uh, Spain and she had this big house. And at the time, it's like if you're, because I used to work on social housing. So anyone social, there is not, no, no one is building in central London. So property, so people will be in the waiting list for a long time. Anyway, the thing was that if you were to give up a big property, the bigger the property, the more money they will give you. So this old lady comes to me and says, Rodney, I'm moving back to Pamplona. Uh, my family is missing me. I've been in London for too long. I'm living. And she was literally giving me the keys. And I was like, hold on a minute. It's like, you can get 15 grand if you do the paperwork. But she couldn't speak any English at all. So she was a space of who was speaking in Spanish. And she used to call me Mr. Pedrosa. It's like, don't call me Mr. Pedrosa. Call me Rodney. It's like, okay, Mr. Pedrosa. It's like, <laughs> and that's how I remember that. I don't even remember her name. All I remember is like Mr. Pedrosa. And I was like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. Wait, can you wait a couple of weeks? Let's do the paperwork and get the money. You're moving back. It's like, who doesn't want extra? And it's like, you're giving up a three-bedroom flat. This is 15 grand. They're giving you five grand per room. 
And she's like, really? It's like, yes, like, wait. So I did all the paperwork for her to make sure. And then she's like, Rodney, could you transfer that money to Spain? He's like, are you crazy? Can you get a bank account here? He's like, no, Rodney. So that woman made me do so many things for her. But I have a soft spot for old ladies. Like, she reminded me <laughs> of my old grandma. And I was like, no, I need to do this for her. And then once she called me, it's like, Rodney, could you come on a Saturday? It's like, okay, now you're pushing it. You know I don't work on Saturday. It's like, please, Rodney, please. It's like, ay, Dios mío, and it is like, oh my God. Then I was like, okay, I come in on Saturday. Her son was there and she's like, ah, Rodney, yes, I completed the form. Everything is ready. I'm moving next week. It's like, okay, great. It's like, good luck. And then she gave me an envelope and I was like, what is this? It's like, take it. It's like, what is it? It's like, take it. Mr. Pedro, her son was there and he's like, yes, take it. It's like, and I opened the envelope and there were like one grand in there. And I was like, no, 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 I cannot take that money. And wow. her son was there, he's like, take it. He's like, I just want to say thank you. He's like, I wouldn't even have that money. It's like, I want you to have that. It's like, but you know, that's my job. It's like not doing anything outside my job. This is my job. It's like to help you out. It's like Saturday is exception to the rule. It's like, you're annoying, but I will do it for you. But she's like, no, take it. And that's how I got my first, I got that money. And I was like, you know what? Let's buy it. So I bought my first camera. So you use that money to buy your camera. Yes. Wow. That's how I bought my first DSLR. Like Great literally. Story. Yes. And I remember going to the shop. He's like, oh, now I have options. <laughs> wow. So that was like, yes, that was like around nine years ago. And that continued being my passion, my hobby. And I became the guy that always have his camera with him, taking photos of everything, fun moments. But it was just a hobby. I even remember paying literally Nikki. I even remember paying people to pose in front of me because nobody will even contemplate the idea to pose in front of me. At the time, I used to live with my sister. Listen to this. My sister, I remember begging my own sister. I only have one. It's like, please, can I photograph you? It's like, I just want to learn how to use this thing. And she say no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, whatever. I, I, I did because my ego... Nikki, my ego was so bruised. I even told her, it's like, one day, I remember, I still remember that. It's like, how petty that is. It's like, one day, I will become a great photographer and you, will, and you are going to ask me to take photos of you and I will say no. <laughs> and you know wow. what? It did happen once and I say no to her. <laughs> it's like, Payback. <laughs> Payback, sister. Okay, so then what did you do? Like, how did you... Like, did you know that you wanted to start a business or were you just trying to have fun with no, it? No, 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 no. That for me was just fun. That was like literally just playing with the camera because at the time I was like, yes, well, I know how to take photos, but you cannot make money of this. And it's like, and for me, my experience was is like, well, if I want to take photos, I have to pay people to take photos of them. And it's like, I cannot make money of this. It's like, mm -hmm. I losing money. But then I don't remember really well if it was in 2015 or 2016, I came across this woman who spoke in a very shy manner at the time. But when she was behind the camera, it was like she transformed into someone else. And that was the very first time I saw Sue in a live mm. class. I think mm -hmm. it was creative life. And I remember, and this is the thing I remember so vividly. I remember her grabbing. I don't even know how I came across creative life. But I remember actually just where I literally started watching from the point that she grabbed someone from the audience. I think her name was Kenna Klosterman. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I, mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering her name. And she she was a speaker or something. She grabbed her. And she just, I remember, this is the thing I remember so clearly. Sue started moving her house, commanding her to move gentle, but yes, so firm. And then I saw the photo she took. For the first time in my life, Nikki, I learned that, hold on a minute, you can make people look incredible, like anyone. And I remember saying this to myself, it's like, I want that superpower. I want to be able to make people feel that good and that incredible that I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. So, and also, and this is the thing that also changed for me because I used to run this belief system that only good looking people can look good in front of the camera. Mm, mm-hmm. From that point forward, that belief system was completely chatter. It's like, hold on a minute, I can make everyone look good. All I need to do is tell them what they need to do. And from that point, I became like this stalker. I start following Sue. I'm sorry, every, <laughs> literally, it's like, yes, it was too bad. I, I, everything she will do, like, and I would spend my weekends, obviously, I was still working on social housing, but I was like, weekends, what was really bad is like I fell in love with photography when I was finishing my degree. And I was like, I finished my degree and I forgot about my degree. And I just focused <laughs> on photography. Yes. That was the one. Like literally finish it, collect my degree. And it's like, I never did anything. Anyway, this is when I made Unique because when, that's when Sue announced like the workshop. Well, now we figure it out. That was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you this, Nikki, I didn't have the money for it. I just didn't have the money. But I knew, you know, actually when you know something in your heart, mm-hmm. is that I need to be there. And I don't really know if I borrow money, if I use my credit card. I don't remember. All I needed, all I knew was like, I need to be in that space. And I think I was the first one or the, the first group that attended that workshop. If you remember, well, I met you there. There were like yeah. 26 photographers. And I think that was the only male there. And I felt like a bit shy. And I was like, Hold on a minute. You, wait, was, you were not shy. You were doing <laughs> fireball dances. <laughs> By the that end, was, you were like <laughs> leading the charge. Like it was amazing. <laughs> ah, yes, uh, that's when I first met you. And for me, well, actually, the reason I did that was I was on freaking cloud nine for those two days. And for me, this is my biggest take was that I not only learn how to pose, because that was the thing, like at the end of directing, like like how to move people, like shape body, uh, body shapes, like everything. But my biggest take take from there was seeing people running their business. Like seeing you, all of you guys, there was for me the biggest inspirations. Because at the time, at the end, thing you could run a successful business. I think you, I assume that you could only do it if you. I don't know, like you have like a big studio, a big budget, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. these big lights, and yet all of you, all of you, every single one of you started doing that. Most of you started like using a garage, mm-hmm. using living room, even the kitchen, like anything. Like I was like, hold on a minute, I have access to that, so doesn't mean I can do that. So the seed was planted that day. That was incredible. Yeah. But this this is reality. Then after that, come back to England. I say to myself, great, I'm going to run my own business. I, and I'm going to be doing like the most incredible uh, job in, in this world. But as life, 
reality will hit you. And then I realized something so big that I didn't think before, that there is a big gap between taking photos and running a business. Mm -hmm. And you, you more than anyone knows that really well, that the reality is two completely different things. And I was like, okay, so what can I do? I continued working on my craft. I attended seminars, workshops as much as I could. Then a few months later, I think that's when Sue launched Sue Bryce Education. Around that time, I, I, I don't remember, but obviously I joined that straight away. Fast forward two years later, my skills have improved. I feel more confident in my craft, but I'm still working on social housing. I got, to be honest, I got a good income. The benefits were really great in my job. I mean, Nick, I will tell you this for anyone who's listening in America, but my annual leave was 35 days a year of wow. annual leave. Yeah. And then you will get extra five days on top of it if you want it. Wow. Yes. So it was good. So I was like, how am I going to leave this job? Mm-hmm. It's like I've been here, like I built myself, I became myself of this job. This job made me who I am. It's like, I cannot leave this job. Plus, I didn't have regular clients. I didn't have a website, but there was a big but. That job was breaking my soul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was counting the days I became the person because there was a time when I was enjoying my job. It was fine. I have an amazing team. And then things changed. And then I was like, is it Friday yet? Is it five o'clock now? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, looking mm-hmm. forward to the weekend and always looking forward to my next annual leave. It's like, okay, where am I going? Where am I going? And we're in Europe, so it's so easy to move around. In like It's like to go to France in a train, it just takes two hours. So mm-hmm. it was just so easy to move around. But it was killing my soul. Like I felt like I was dying inside. And then around two years ago, I hand over my notice. And Nikki, I was on a high. I felt amazing. I felt passing. I was ready to take on the war. But then (laughs) fear comes knocking, Mm -hmm. telling Mm -hmm. the reality Mm -hmm. of things. What is it? Your little fear. You know that little voice, I call it Lolita, that internal voice yeah. in your head. You yes. I, I have to name it because it was just so annoying. So I, like, like for me, I call her Lolita. It's like this annoying Lolita. And she came and saying, well, you can do this. And then actually start seeing everyone doing the work. It's like, look at all those amazing photographers. See how great they're doing who you think you are. You don't even have a website. Like you don't even know how you're going to pay for your bills. And seriously, I felt that everything at this point was working against me. And the reason I felt that everything was working against me is because I allowed that fear, that Lolita, to take control. And I remember sitting there, and I really remember there, actually, like, Nikki, like, on the floor, Tears running down my eyes, saying to myself, shit, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And Nikki, mm-hmm. I will be honest, I wish that I could say it's like, yes, and then actually I try, but no, that feeling sat there for a long time. It did, because I was like, I literally felt blocked. But I don't really know when or how after how many weeks or months, I genuinely don't remember that, but 
that didn't stay because at that point I realized it's like you have to make a decision. You can go back to your job. And I was good at that job, so they could have taken me. Like I felt confident of that. Or you start beginning taking any step. It's like, I don't care. Literally, this is me talking in front of the mirror and mm-hmm. telling myself, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care what you have to do, but just take a bloody step. Any step, like anything is like right now, all you're doing is just sitting there crying. It's like, you can't do this. And just feeling sorry for yourself. And you're doing nothing. It's like, take a freaking step. Because mm-hmm. I just have to do it. One thing actually starts, so I decided to do something and my partner is going to make fun of me because I discovered something called a to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) I am the worst person when it comes to being organized. And it's like write down and she was telling me, it's like, honey, just do a to-do list. Like, no, you don't get it. It's too much. It's like, just write down what you need to do. No, 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 you don't get it. That was my excuse for like a few months. When I decided, it's like, okay, so what do I need to do? So just do a to-do list. So what do you have to do? So I started writing the whole list, and that was like pages long. And then she told me, pick something. It's like, but I need to do it now. Pick one thing, focus on one thing. And it's funny because Sue has said all this stuff, but sometimes you need to hear that from someone else. Uh-huh. And I I see, okay, let's start with like, let's do the website. Then I was like, okay, have a website, do a PDF, and then new business card. And then actually when you start doing something, it's like, Somehow it gets easier and it doesn't get easier because the task is easy, just get easier because you're just doing. Mm -hmm. So you stop, you don't focus on the, how difficult things are. You're saying as well, eventually I freaking have to do it. So I have to do that. So after that, I have my website, I have created my PDFs, I created actually leaflets, then Emily London did these beautiful like PDFs things and they just make my whole thing business and it's just one thing led to the other, and then it just start working on myself. So one thing I didn't realize when I started doing this is that I always assume that the work that I have to do was, um, how do I say, like an outside work. I don't really like something physical. Little did I know that the biggest work I have to do was within myself mm-hmm. and that one was painful so painful like start charging prices start like going from charging I don't know like 80 pounds for like all the images to start charging like 3,500 for like something it, it, it was it was hard <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> that first step is hard. But before we, I want to back up for a second, Rodney, because something that you said, I think it's really important just to, to kind of go back and talk about, because I'm thinking that a lot of our listeners, or I know a lot of our listeners are kind of in the situation where they have a full-time job and they don't want that job anymore, but they mm-hmm. don't know when it's time to quit. And, you know, but they have good pay, but they get 35 days off, but they have good insurance. And I wonder if it's one of those things where you have to really ask yourself the question, is the quality of my life what I want it to be spending 40 hours a week or more at this job? And I feel like that's such an important question to ask yourself, you know? It is. It is, you know, actually, when I was working on my previous job, I remember there was this guy, and I will never forget this guy. He was like 
a Bible in terms of his knowledge. He knew so much about social housing that even our own lawyers used to call him for advice. So that's how much this guy knew. So he worked in there for 35 years. I remember once seeing him after he retired and he passed away two years later. Mm. And I was like, holy Moses, is that what my life is going to be? Because mm-hmm. I have the stability. Because you will have the stability. You have the security. You have you have your paycheck, which comes on a monthly basis, regardless actually whether you're doing a good job or you're not doing such a good job. You have that security. But do you want to live safe and then die? And that's the question. Like to me, that was the question is like, do I want it to be? So to anyone who's in this situation, for me, what it was is like, do I want to wait until I'm 65 to retire and then say, now that I retire, I will follow my dream? Or do you just want to do it now? Because it is like literally like giving yourself an extra 30 years ahead of the game. And for me, it was like a life of this situation. Because for me... I, I was dying. So, you know, actually, like, you know exactly what it feels like to be stuck in a job that is just killing you. And you, obviously, you have your family and you know that you're either going to die. It's like at one point in your life, you know mm-hmm. that if you don't, think actually how I see it. It's like there is a point in your life that if you don't take a different route, you will get stuck in there. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and yes, I was in that point in my life too. And that's exactly where I was at. I was like, I cannot do this forever. There's no way. It's not an option for me. That's the word you say is not an option for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I wonder, because there are people out there who they're okay with working at the job. They might not love it, but it's fine to do that for the next 20 years. And, and that's mm. okay. But for people out there who are like, no, this is not an option. I need to do something else in a photography, you know, whether it's photography or, or anything, you know, I guess when you said you quit, what advice would you have for people around that? Like, I know some people have bigger risk tolerances than others. Like some people would never quit until they had like a huge savings or, mm-hmm you know, had a big clientele base built up or whatever. And I feel like it's such a personal choice, but what would you tell people if they're in the situation where they needed to quit for well, like quality of life reasons? For quality of life reasons, don't quit your job when you don't have your structure, uh, your clients flow coming in, like don't do it. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to do it, if you if you're at that point in your life, that's like Rodney, I need to do that. Just break yourself for the pain that you will experience because it will be bloody painful. So if your painful threshold is high, do it. But if you say, the moment I start feeling a little bit of pain, I'll just run away. Don't even think about it. Because that one for me was the one that knocked me down so many times. Far too many. I don't remember how many times. <laughs> what do you mean by painful? Like, Okay, so it, when it comes to pain, it will be the sense of uh, trust and belief in yourself. So for me, it has been like the, going back to Lolita. That's what I actually give a name. <laughs> Lolita will be reminding you again and again and again, you made a mistake. 
I told you it wasn't safe. You see, I was right. And she will just go like a broken record all the time. And unless you prove Lolita or your own voice, you can give it any name you want to give it. Mine is Lolita. <laughs> if you can't prove it, unless you do the work, it will continue saying that. And don't get me wrong. It's like, it's not like Lolita is quiet now. She just has something else to say now. Like it will continue being there. It is that chatter, that noise that is there. So the pain for me is like being okay with dealing with your internal voice, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being okay with uncertainty, being okay with the unknown, because that is what for me, business has been like being okay and have enough confidence and trust in yourself that you are going to make that happen because there is no plan B. It's like you're going to make this happen, or you're mm -hmm. going to make this happen, or you're going to make this happen. And that takes me back to when I came to this country and it's like, I didn't have anything. I didn't, have, I didn't know anyone. I couldn't speak the language. It's like, hold on a minute. We did these things before and everyone has done things in the past that if you if we look back it's like how the hell do I pull that off and you don't even have a memory of that you don't remember the obstacles you overcome you only remember the difficult things I don't know actually it's something wrong with our brains that we have we don't remember mm -hmm. the good things we always remember mm -hmm. the painful ones but it's just that conviction that greed to be like I'm going to, it's like, regardless how long it takes you to do it, you just go, you have to go for it. It, it, it needs to become like a conscious, it needs to become a decision and you cannot go back on your word. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting too, because sometimes that voice isn't necessarily internal or my voice. It might be the voice of your partner or your friends or other photographers in the area telling you can't charge that. Like, it's not only your own <laughs> sometimes, you know, self-value and that sort of thing, but it can be mm -hmm. the people around you. And it's so important to be prepared just in case for that, because, oh. it, you know, not everyone is going to support you. Ah, my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Quitting that social services job that is stable. Like, how could you, Rodney? You get 35 days off. You have great insurance. Like, how could you do that? I mean... Uh, yeah, you know, I had people in in my own life sometimes that were like, dude, you are quitting a job in one of the best school districts in Washington State. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I need to live my life because I'm not happy. <laughs> that's what I'm doing. <laughs> and like you said, and, and this is something that Sue always says, you know, the certainty and conviction. Like, I knew failure was not an option. Well, of course, I was going to fail doing certain things, you know, <laughs> like here and there, of course. But going back to that social work job was not an option for me. So I had to make that work. And when you have that sort of certainty moving forward, as you put these things into place, which is so great about, I'm not, I swear, I'm not just trying to like always like pitch Sue Bryce education. I really, truly am not. When you have a formula in front of you, one See, step at a time, like yes. the 90 day challenge that we're doing, Rodney, you know, like one step at a time, like just like your to-do list. When someone gives you a recipe and you get to just like take that recipe and make it your own, it makes that like pain and that process and that, you know, it, it makes it a little bit easier and it makes that certainty and conviction when you're seeing others do it with you. It mm -hmm. makes your ability to have that conviction and to like believe that you can do it so much stronger. 
you know? Yes, it absolutely. It's like you have, I think it's actually what happened, and this is probably a human condition. We get so impatient. We mm-hmm. want the results. Mm-hmm. I see people actually, it's like, ah, oh, I've been practicing for two weeks and I'm still struggling to pose. And I was like, it took me like four years of practicing. <laughs> it's like you will not be able to master something in two weeks, not even four months. Like mm-hmm. it has taken me a long time to feel directly when you do something so much that you're no longer thinking about it. Like that's how good you have to become. And the only way to do that is through repetition. And that's with every part of your business. Uh, posing, selling, doing bookkeeping, like retouching, all of that is repetition, repetition, repetition. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. And that's one thing I would say. People is like patience. Just be more patient with yourself. Give yourself the time. Because sometimes we put on ourselves these crazy deadlines and it's like, who told you that you're supposed to do all of that in three weeks' time? Mm-hmm. Well, I it's like, no, just give yourself, just take one thing at a time. And you're right about a, a, a surprise education. The only reason, the only reason I had the courage to leave the job that I was secure 12 years, they took me to get there, to be in that sense of security. The reason I was able to have the courage to be able, I can do this, is because of that. If I have never come across Subrise, I think I will have continued working on a job that I was beginning to hate, but I didn't have the tools mm-hmm. to do anything else because I will con- still be under the old belief system. It's like, well, you cannot make money out of this. You cannot run a business like this. And it's because of Surprise Education, because of Sue. Like, I always say this, and I know she will never take credit. It's like, you changed my life. And she always says the same thing. It's like, I didn't do anything for you. You did it yourself. But still, like, thank you. Because that woman changed my life. She changed the course of my, yes, my trajectory changed altogether. And I got to meet all these amazing people. Like, I know you. Like, it's crazy. Like, I know you. And I know all these incredible people from all around the world, thanks to that platform. And I'm so grateful because I continue learning from that. And now I, sometimes I get the chance when I see people struggling because there is a massive community there and everyone is helping each other. And it's like when you know something so good, then you see yourself the way that you were before and that you have more compassion. It's like, okay, that person is in the same place that you were there three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's like you remember that pain, you remember that frustration. And it's like, this is how I felt in the past. Just be more patient with yourself. You got this. And yes, it's crazy. For me, that has been incredible. It's been amazing for me and many people who are part of that journey. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Rodney, will you tell everyone, just kind of give us an idea of where you are at now with your business? What do you shoot? Who's your target client? Like that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So I set up my studio in my home. So I have a two-bedroom flat in London, North London, and I use one bedroom, which is a quite small, four meters by two meters. So that would be like, I don't know how how much that is in feet of three by three. No, I don't think, I don't remember. Anyway, 
It's quite small, but thanks to so I've been able actually to use all the lighting, natural lighting, and strobe. So my target audience are women who want to feel good about themselves, or even those ones who are, have doubts and they don't really know if they can look in front of the camera. And mm-hmm. my job, thanks to so, is like being able to peel off those layers and bring that woman, that person that feels confident and good in themselves. So for me, what I normally do in the studio is portraits. And uh, I call it, it's no boudoir, I call it Lenoir. And the reason I call it Lenoir is because I always struggle how to write down boudoir. So for me, actually, it's like normally people actually will call me and it will be Rodney or just need like a couple of photos for my uh, business or headshots. And I will be like, okay, you're coming for the experience. It's like, do you want to play? That's normally my question. It's like, what do you mean playing? It's like, well, we're going to be taking headshots. It's like, how would you like to be photographed yourself? How do you like to see yourself? Mm-hmm. It's like, do you want to see yourself in a new light? And they will be like, what are we talking about? It's like, well, have a look to my Instagram or Facebook, uh, I mean, website, and see if you see something that you feel attracted. And they will be like, hmm, okay, we can try this and we will play with this. Like I remember speaking to this lady, uh, Miss Caballero. I remember that lady so well. Because, you know, actually when someone wants to say, but they, they're afraid to admit it. So this lady, 60 years old, she's a grandma, and, I, and she's telling me like, Ronnie, yes, I got good photos and things like that. And it's like, no, no. Tell me what you want. Mm-hmm. It's like, cause, and I was, I was like, I could, you know, actually when you have banter with someone that you just met on the phone and you, you feel that connection. It's like, I feel like you're yeah. holding something back. It's like, who do you want to see? And then she's like, bloody hell, Rodney. I want to feel sexy. I'm 60. <laughs> I don't want to be remembered as a granny. I want to be remembered as me. It's like, there you have it. That's who you want to be. So it, it is having those conversations with people that you realize exactly who? Because sometimes they don't even know how they want to be photographed. They exactly. have no idea. Yeah. Yep. So it, it is your job to peel off those layers. I always say to people, it's like, you're coming to the studio for photos, and yet you're not coming for photos. And the people say, it's like, why is that, Rodney? It's like, because you're seeing yourself in one way, and you're refusing to see how everyone else who loves you sees you. And for me, my job is to show you how all the people who love you in your life seeing the person that you truly are. Because you have all this, I always call it like your lens are so muggy that they just need to be clean. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy what a photo shoot does to a woman. Like there is something like their confidence, like gross. It's like sometimes you I have people that have come to the studio like cry because they're so scared. I don't even know how they have the courage to come in the first place. <laughs> but crying and they're walking away and it's like something has been lifted off their, shoulder, off their shoulders. And they're like, I think that has been one of the most rewarding things of being a portrait photographer. Is yeah. seeing those transformations. Is seeing like you having an impact on people to such a deep level that it's not just having good photos. It's like they seeing themselves in a new light, and they start treating themselves in a completely different way. They start having more respect and love for each other. That to me has been my most rewarding thing. Like it is just insane. And wow. that makes me really happy because it, it gave my job 
a meaning it gave my job, like a purpose. Like I know a portrait photographer, I more than that, I literally helping women see in a new way and for them to fall in love with themselves once again. Like mm-hmm. that has been really rewarding, Nikki. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I and and I'm with you, but you know, when I say it with you is you are like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So the fact that like I believe that that is one of the most important reasons that you do what you do. Like I I can just totally see it. You like it's just like your mission to make women feel good about themselves. And and I love it. And so so it sounds like you you're doing, you know, maybe like half boudoir, kind of half portraits, a little bit of headshots mixed in. Like, is that kind of how you... Yes, that's how I'm saying. And I, even actually in this point, what I'm thinking is like, because I have like my Instagram, for instance, because obviously that's the biggest platform. I have my website, everything is separated by my Instagram. I see like headshots next to Late Noir. And I was like, do I need to change this? Do I need to create a new Instagram account? Because I don't really know if I can have both of them next to each other so mm-hmm. i am between this but i will continue doing both because i love when a, when a woman doesn't know that she wants to have the experience and right at the end and i always know when it depends on the sort of uh, food i was gonna say food i think i'm feeling hungry uh, the sort <laughs> of uh, uh, clothes they bring because i remember this lady uh, on her 40s she's like do you want to do a little bit of lenoir and she's like no but yet she brought like five beautiful corsets, really elegant, really sexy. It's like, okay, she wants to do it. So I have to wait for me to raise up her energy, her confidence. And when we literally, when I feel her that she's feeling good, I will be like, let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened. And she came for headshots. She took two that she needed for her website. And everything else was just her Lenoir session. And she, I remember actually on the phone to me, it's like, Rodney, literally, they, how I'm walking now, like I feel like she was single at the time. It's like, people are checking me out and I feel good, <laughs> I'm loving it. And I was like, good, it's like, that's your energy. And I always say that to people, like, do not confuse my energy with your own energy because what you're feeling is your own true self. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about how you price things with these different, you know, and, and real quick though, I, I, when I look through your Instagram, mm-hmm. I mean, your work is so beautiful and I don't think you need to have it separate. I feel like the really? way you bring it all together is really cohesive. Ah, thank you. Like it doesn't feel like I wouldn't separate it at all. Thank you, Nikki. I, I really, thank you. I, I won't. I, I will take, thank you. Thank you so much. Because literally I've been thinking, it's like, should I? And I've been con- considering, it's like, it's like, do I have, and it's like, for me is, this is the, the, the to, if I'm honest, it's like, oh, do I have to manage two Instagrams account? It's like, I don't want to. It's like, I can hardly do just one. Imagine two or three. It's like, ah, so thank you so much. I won't. <laughs> Decision <laughs> yeah. has been made. <laughs> I mean, that's just my opinion. No. I mean, of course, like, if someone comes to your page and they're looking for headshots, you've got to at least, like, I think you do a really good job of you mix it up. It's like mm-hmm. you're almost posting, like, portrait, boudoir, headshot, something of yes. yourself, or something about you. Portrait, boudoir, headshots, something about you or your business. Like, I, I think you have a really good thing going where I see you in here, I see boudoir, I see, but it doesn't feel like... Too, too, too much. Yeah, of- I think it's great. And I think someone coming to your page to look for headshots or something, personal branding or whatever, they could also be like, oh yeah, he also does boudoir. That's cool. 
like, oh, you know, it just might give them the idea to do two sessions or, you know, come (laughs) back when they need something else. Like, I mean, if you were doing like newborn in boudoir, then maybe that would be different. But no, 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 no no babies. I found them beautiful, cute. You know, actually, I have so much respect for people who photograph babies and pets. Like, oh, totally. I done it a it's few hard. times and <laughs> I even actually when I photograph then I never post them because it's I don't want to attract that because I I yes they run the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. And yeah, my 3 and 5 year olds run the show too. <laughs> um okay though, let's talk about your pricing structure because you're in the UK. Yes. And I know there are some people who will say you can't charge industry standard pricing in the UK, That's so I'm just curious biggest. what, you know, how how it works for you. You know, I feel so proud. I remember when I started actually following Sue, I even actually asked her, like, how could you charge those prices? No one, because I was one of those persons. Now, my session fee is £290. That includes the whole experience plus makeup. I have this most amazing makeup artist. She's incredible. Doesn't include any images. My images start from 350 each and I have three packages. So I have small, medium and large. So my small one, which is eight images, is 1,800. My middle package, which is 15 images, is 2,500. And my top package, which is 25 images, is 3,500. And my average at the moment is 2,050 pounds, which is... Amazing. I feel proud saying that out loud. Good. <laughs> Good, Rodney. I'm so glad that you feel proud because you should. That's amazing. No, I not, I shouldn't tell you how you should feel, but. No, thank you. Because no, but sometimes I don't. Sometimes actually like, it's like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're in a high, you feel really amazing. Mm-hmm. And when then things actually are not going so well and life hit you because he always does, then it gets really tough. And then you forget. It's like mm-hmm. we forget Everything we have done, and one simple mistake is like Lolita comes in and is like, there you are, you're no <laughs> good at it. Go away. Yes. <laughs> Go away, freaking Lolita. Go to the basement, Lolita. <laughs> oh, God. So, yes, it is crazy. And some people actually, obviously, have a bit of everything. People actually will be not too expensive. Some people will be like, I'm going to start saving. And it's incredible. And you know what's incredible, uh, Nikki? Two years ago, I went to Colombia. And I decided, you know what? Let me open the studio there. I went to see my mom and dad because they live in a small town called Seville. And it's like, you know what? Let me do the same thing I do here in there and see what happens. It's like, I couldn't find a makeup artist. I was like, nobody including makeup artists. And when I told my mom and my dad my prices, they were like, are you nuts? Nobody's going to pay any of that <laughs> and I was like, okay. It's like no forcing people to pay. It's like I'm telling them my prices and it's like they want to book me because my hometown is full of photographers. You know, actually, those ones like it's something I don't know. Actually, we will be familiar. It's something that is so common in Latin America, and it's like everyone goes there to have their photo taken. That it's like, they, but there's so many of them, even though it's such a small town. I went there. I decided to just let me just put something in Instagram and l- let's see what happens. When I saw my inbox, I have like 30 people. It's like holy Moses. Okay, I start calling every single one of them. Out of uh, 30 people, like 15 book my prices and with my mom. Because I, I, didn't, I didn't even have a bank account in Colombia because I don't live there. It's like, mom, can I use your bank account for people to pay you? When she starts seeing her bank statement, it's like, what? 
are you dealing with? It's like, mom, don't worry, it's no drugs. <laughs> it's like, she's like, it's like, do not worry. It's like, and she's like, people are coming. It's like, thank you so much. And she was like, that, I will tell you, two years ago was the first time my mom and my dad were like, okay, you made the right decision. Only two years ago when they finally, when mm-hmm. they finally saw me doing it, because before they still considered I was completely nuts. But when they saw that it was doable and I was doing that even actually in a place, Seville is such a small town, like really tiny, tiny little thing in a hill in Colombia. And you, you can make that work anywhere, like literally anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that about Colombia. That's so cool. Yes. So cool. I know it is funny Ed, about how people will doubt you until you just have to show them. It's like, just start doing it. Like, you know, cancel the voices. Don't listen. Just tell don't them listen. thank you. Thank you for giving me your feedback. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yep. Oh, thanks for the feedback. You know, and uh, just leave it at that and then just move forward. So, uh, oh, that's so awesome. What What would you say is your biggest marketing? Like, where do you get your most clients from? I think my, I get most of my clients from like a referral. Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. when I photograph someone else. And that has been like, and it's funny, especially actually between girlfriends, they will see their friends being photographed and they will call me, it's like, I want some of that. Literally, it's like, they're not even actually in prices, like they know what they want. And I have people like actually just contacting me, checking my prices, like, Rodney, you're too expensive, but I'm going to start saving up. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy Mm -hmm. because I remember before when someone will tell me it's too expensive, I will cringe. I will be like, oh, I'm charging too much. Should I give them a discount? And now actually when someone says that to me, it's like, yes, I am. And let me tell you why. Let me give you the experience because you're going to see yourself as someone else. Mm -hmm. Just can't wait. And I have people at the savings and the people who contact me. I only have two people that block me on social media when I told them the prices. Literally, I was broke. I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a new one. I was like, no price. I just told you my prices. I didn't say anything else. Oh, that's uh, yes. funny. But, you know, we are, you know, you're not for everyone. And that's okay. Just like I'm going to choose a specific photographer based on what I want. And some people are going to choose you and some people won't. And, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Like you only yeah. need, like I, my average shoot is eight shoots per month. And I need eight people each month. If I want to stay at my average, and that's good for me. Like, I don't Same. You know. Mine, what I do at the moment is just four at the moment. And yeah. I would love to increase that. And I will get there. I started my campaign. You know, actually started mm-hmm. doing the 40 over 40. I see after uh, the masterclass last month, I was thinking, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And I literally, Nikki, I visualizing my, because I do want to do the entire exhibition, like people drinking wine and just like, ah, like I saw freaking doing that. So, yeah. Yes. If, if people are, if you're out there wondering what the masterclass was on, if you're a member of Sue Bryce Education, there was a class that Sue did and it, she interviewed like eight or nine people, I think, who yes, have all done a, a, uh-huh. a campaign. And it could be any sort of campaign, but they talked about how they did it, what it looked like, how you know how much they charge, what their average sale was from it. And it was really cool because everyone took like, because there is an actual campaign video, like a, like a course, and then suited mm-hmm. the interview, you know, interviewing people. It was really good. 
And what's amazing is like you see actually a campaign like about the same thing and everyone doing it so different. Like mm-hmm. some people using Facebook ads, some people not even paying a penny, some people spend like three thousand pounds, some people spend the thirty pounds. Like you see everything and it's like which game do you want to play? Like mm-hmm. it literally is like being in a buffet and it's like okay, this is the vegetarian <laughs> option, this is the meat one, this is the fish one, this is the vegan That's one. Exactly it, it, right. it, it, it's a bit for everyone. One. Yes, no, I love the masterclasses. Like, it's a non negotiable for me mm-hmm. on Tuesdays. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's a non negotiable. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. It's so cool to hear just your whole story and, you know, just how you, and, you know, I knew you were in the social services field and, and I think we, bond, we bonded over that when we first uh-huh. met. You know, you, I had been a social worker and you being yes. in the social services field. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so cool to see where you're at now. I'm, I'm so proud of you, Rodney. And, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see where you go from here. Thank That's, you so yeah, much. Really awesome. Um, I do have a couple more questions though, that I always yes. ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? <laughs> you know, actually this will sound silly, but one thing I cannot be without a photo shoot is my beats. You know, actually, you have these big things. Wait, beads, what is it? Beads. They are like, I don't, they're bracelets, like big bracelets. Like they are made of bamboo. Like I have four oh. of them, really big ones. And I need those things on my photo shoot. Like literally, I've, I know it sounds silly, but I need to be playing with them throughout the entire photo shoot because okay. they help me focus. So I, I literally have them here. I know. I can hear them. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I don't have them on because they start making too much noise. But they help me concentrate. And it's like before actually, and I literally, all I do is like I start like, I start playing with them. When Before I photograph someone and I'm thinking, I don't know, because I always need to move. I need to be doing something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like that. It is something that I need. I feel like when the moment I put it on, I feel it's like, yes, now I'm ready. I don't know. It's like my gloves. Like if I was to be driving a Formula One car, it's like I put it on, <laughs> I play with it. And it's like, it's literally switch on. And it's like, I'm ready to go. If I don't have that, I feel like, no, something is missing. I don't, I don't think I can do that. Yeah. So I created that. So I know it's silly, but... I need. No, it's not. And, <laughs> and everyone has their thing. It's, it's, I love I love asking these questions because they're different. Everyone gives a different answer. I mean, some people say the same things, you know, but <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to pay attention in all your behind the scenes and watch for your. your <laughs> <laughs> okay. Number two is how do you spend your time when you're not working? Okay. There are two things. It's funny because actually two opposites is either cycling or going for a run because I actually love being outdoors. I love cycling, especially on my mountain bike. I love cycling around London. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And the second one, I love watching anime on my Sundays mornings. Like literally, I will wake up two hours before my partner. So I will watch as many anime as I can for like two to three hours in the Sundays. Because when she comes, it's like, how do you be? Let's talk. Let's. I just like don't want to speak to anyone. I just want to watch my anime. So it's either actually Wait, doing something really animals. What do you mean? Like outside? anime, anime. So anime is this. Is called. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like gotcha. anime. Okay, 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 okay. I, so this is like a specific type of of like uh, illustrative. 
TV. Yes. Like shows. Thank you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you for making it sound cool. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're cool, even if you love anime. I've been told <laughs> when I was 12, it's like, you're going to grow up. It's like, I refuse to grow up. So now I'm 36. 20 years later, and I'm still watching my same anime, like Dragon Ball Z, like all of that stuff. I love, I, 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 such a, yes, I'm such a kid when it comes to that. Good we even for you. have this saying in the, in the house, it's like, we can grow old, but it doesn't mean we need to grow up. Yeah. That's me and my partner. It's like, I don't want to grow up. It's like, forget that. Isn't that the <laughs> truth? Every so often I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm an adult. Ah, okay. yes. No. Sometimes the outfits <laughs> I wear, I'm like, I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, wait, I'm 44. Can I really get away with this right now? Like what I'm wearing right now? And I'm like, you yes. know what? I don't, even, who, I don't even care. No, I can do whatever I want. Exactly. <laughs> Think, you know, actually someone I remember when I met her for the first time is a Kitty. Holy Moses, that woman. Is. Oh, Kitty McMeal. She looks yeah. like a bloody rock star. Oh, like I, when I saw her, I remember the first time I met her, I was like, she look, I felt like even coming to her is like, can I have your autograph, please? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you just look so cool. So you saying that, that you feel like down your 40s, like seriously, you still have like an extra 30, 40 years on, on you. So I don't even think about it, woman. Oh, I love it. I love it. So in Kitty, Rodney's referring to Kitty McMeal, who is um, episode, wait, let me see what episode is Kitty. I think she's six, four, episode four. And she started her business at like age 62 or something. So she's super inspiring if you haven't heard Kitty's episode yet. So, but yeah, I love that. Okay, let's see. What are we on? Number three is what's your favorite inspirational quote? Ah, oh, my, well, I have two, but the, the one that has been my mantra has always been, and that's the one that has always pushed me forward. And it's, and it's as simple as this one is, I didn't come this far to get this far. Ah, I love that. So, you know, when I feel like I, I'm meeting a wall or I'm meeting a ceiling, that's like, this is it. You cannot go beyond this point. And I've been saying that for literally 18 years since I came to the UK. It's like, I didn't come this far to get this far. Uh-huh, and there uh-huh. are moments when you feel it because, as I say before, life will hit you. It's like, that's how life works. And it's like, no, I didn't come this far to get this far. It's like, this is not my limit. I need to push beyond this point. So that's always been one. And my second one, I'm not going to read it because it's a really long one. By anyone, if you Google this, this quote, it's called The Man in the Arena. It's like a long poem. And that is, is literally printed on my studio because that's a reminder of like showing up of being the person in the arena because mm-hmm. basically it's ignoring the critics because the critics are sitting there not doing anything. But the man in the arena, the person in the arena is falling down, is bleeding, but is getting up again and again and again. And he says right at the end that uh, at least fails, at least if you fell right there in greatly, so his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither known victory nor defeat. But that wow. is a summary. Like, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful, the man in the arena mm, is beautiful. Sounds heard, like it. I heard that from Brenner Brown, and it's absolutely incredible. And that's in my studio, and that reminds me. It's like, come on, come on, Pedrosa, you got this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you do. <laughs> okay, number four is what would you tell people who are just getting started? Hmm. 
Well, I will tell that to two different people. So for people who just getting started in photography, it's like, be like a kid, be curious, like literally just let your curiosity because when mm -hmm. you're curious, you're just learning, you don't care about making mistakes, you're just playing around. So let that inner kid literally guide you. For anyone who wants to start business, I will tell them something different. I will tell them, start cultivating your greed because you are going to need that for a long run. Yep. I love that. That's great advice. Thank you. Okay. And where can people find you, Rodney, if they're looking for you online? Ah, I easy to find is Rodney Pedrosa, which said on Instagram, Rodney Pedrosa on Facebook, and rodneypedrosa.com on my website. <laughs> I try awesome. to keep it easy. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Hopefully I'll see you this year sometime. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, hopefully. Hope so. I, I think actually it will be next year. Because yeah, I don't think year. actually we're, we're still uh, grounded. <laughs> yeah. We're not allowed to travel yeah. anywhere. But make yeah. I see you next year and I will give you a big hug. I hope so, Rodney. That would be amazing. For now, I'll see you online in the group. Absolutely. In the startup group too. In the 90-day challenge group too. I yeah. know. Awesome. Halfway there. Yay. Thank All right. You. Thank you, Rodney. You take care of yourself. Give yourself a big hug from me. Thank you, Nikki. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge, plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX 100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.